The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Sunday, October 10th, depending on when you're listening to this. Maybe Monday, October 11th, but we're recording at halftime of Sunday Night Football. Myself and the one and only John Breach. Very sad. You should have driven. You should have gotten a, a teardrop tattooed on your eye, John. Brinson, or, uh, I don't have any tears left to shed. Fake tattoo ones or real ones. It's, they're just gone. They're all gone. I had concerns about three o'clock on uh, Sunday afternoon that you might not make the podcast. But but you know what? Both of us did pick the Bengals to cover the spread on last week's prediction episode, and they covered the three and a half that we brought up, even though it eventually went down to three. And you know what? Sometimes that's all that matters on this show, right? Yeah. Uh, most of the time, it's the only thing that matters <laughs> in the show. Let's dive into the lines. By, by the way, if you want to get – these uh, our analysis of these odds earlier than everyone else. Subscribe to YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. We do recaps on Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. If some crazy NFL news happens, and it's actually kind of odd that we're uh, five weeks into the season and we haven't done an emergency podcast. Have we done? No? We have not. Yeah, we have not. So there's something coming. I'll tell you that much, especially around the trade deadline. Uh, we will, have, of course, have tons of recaps. So subscribe to YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. You'll get an alert when we go live. Trust me, my son is subscribed to 10,000 different YouTubers on my wife's iPad, and he gets all these alerts because he is afraid that if he doesn't like the videos, that it will hurt the YouTubers' feelings. And you're hurting my feelings by not pressing like right now. Let's dive in. Thursday night football is a banger. Bucks at Eagles. Tom Brady with his new team going to play an entirely new cast of characters, but no doubt a team that he wants vengeance on for beating him in the Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady is a six and a half point favorite in Philadelphia. The over under for this Thursday night affair is 53 breach. Brenton, I am going to make this one simple. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing in primetime, I am betting against them. I don't care what the point spread is. Since Tom Brady signed with them uh, going into the 2020 season, the Buccaneers have played six primetime games. They are 0-6 against the spread and 3-3 and straight up. 
I don't know if it's because these games are played past Tom Brady's bedtime. I don't know if it's because people on that roster are afraid of the dark. I have no idea why the Buccaneers struggle in prime time, but it happens every week. I mean, we saw it in the Patriots game where that was expected to be a blowout. The Buccaneers were going to cover easy, but they can't score points. Granted, that was against a Belichick defense. You can look back to last year. There was a Monday night game against the Giants. They were favored by double digits. They only won by two. There's just all these crazy thing happens. And then when you take into account that this is in Philadelphia, you know, the Eagles are going to be pumped after their crazy win over the Panthers on Sunday. It's going to be a chance for them to make a statement and show maybe, hey, we can compete with the better teams in the league. Uh, I'm still worried about the Buccaneers defense. I think the Eagles are going to be able to move the ball on them. Uh, so I'm going to take Philly to cover the six and a half. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a donkey here by suggesting that you should bet the Buccaneers now at minus six and a half on the road in a primetime game that feels disrespectful to the Eagles. But I watched a lot of the Eagles-Panthers game on Sunday. I watched the entire thing, actually. And I'm not sure the Eagles are good, but I don't know. They won the game, and I'm not sure how they won the game. It was, like, it was very bizarre. I, I was not impressed with Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni. Uh, Debo, you were on the, the show with us, so I will ask you. Does it seem, would you, if you were a betting man, I guess you are a betting man, but let's say you, you want to bet on this game. You got to get your action down on, on Sunday night. Are you betting on the Bucks or the Eagles? It's hard to argue breaches stat right there with Tom Brady. But he said, I don't know if they were afraid of the dark. So that's a good place to start. Old arguing. man Brady's playing on three days of rest. Come on, oh, Brenton. Ridiculous. Oh, oh, and six against the spread. Oh, um, the Bucks, though, if if I'm an unbiased observer, no, you would take the Bucks, right? Hurts. But I am a biased observer, so I'm smashing the Eagles right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I, I think that I don't think it gets to seven. Yeah, I would think that it probably goes t- to seven before it goes to six, right? Oh yeah. So Agreed. I would take. I, man, uh, here's the thing: the Buccaneers. Their only loss, right, is to the Rams in what was Sean McVay's Super Bowl. In And by the way, Breach, your complaints about the third quarter, don't have to worry about them because there's a weather delay in, in Arrowhead. Severe weather, buddy. Um, the only loss for the Bucs is at the Rams. And that, Sean McVay brought everything. Matthew Stafford brought everything. It was a big letdown for the Rams uh, the following week. Uh, but they're also favored nine and a half in the opener against the Cowboys and almost lost in a primetime game. Well, but the Cowboys, as we now know, are maybe like an elite team. Like maybe the Eagles are an elite team. No, I don't think they so. Beat the Panthers. The Panthers are not elite either. Um, here, here's so the, the Eagles beat the Panthers because Fletcher Cox and um, oh gosh, what's his uh, the Hargrave, Javon, Javon Hargrave, Javon Hargrave. I was calling Vernon Hargrave, but I want to be an idiot. Yeah, Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox absolutely annihilated the interior of the Panthers offensive line and Sam Darnold was constantly under pressure. He made mistakes. He was flustered. He made some good throws, but he, they're not going to do that to Tom Brady. Ryan Jensen's going to hold court and keep those guys at bay as are the Tampa Bay offensive linemen. And I think when you look at Tampa Bay and what they're doing, they're doing what I said I was worried they would do. So 31, 48, 24, not great. 19 in New England in weird weather and 45 against the Dolphins. If you have a suspect secondary or any defensive weaknesses at all, Tom Brady is going to light you up. And it's a short week. Nick Sirianni is not going to have the same preparation level as Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. I want the Bucks now before it goes to seven. And 
probably the I don't know if I want the I think I want the under, but I'm not entirely sure on that. Packers at Bears. Packers are minus four and a half. The over under is 46. Justin Fields coming off of a win that I predicted, by the way. Shout out to me. Uh, over Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders and the Packers, of course, doing Packer things and stealing your soul in Cincinnati. I'm never eating cheese again, Brinson. Never. Uh, but you know what? You mentioned Justin Fields. He's won two straight games as the starter. But you know what? Those wins don't have much to do with Justin Fields. It's been more about the Bears defense. They held the Raiders to nine points. The week before, they held the Lions to 14 points. So basically, all Justin Fields has had to do is score more than 11.5 points a game because that's how much the Bears defense has given up uh, since he's taken over as starting quarterback. That's not going to happen this week. Uh, if there is one team the Bears defense always struggles against, it is the Green Bay Packers. They cannot stop Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers does whatever he wants against the Bears. And with the way Fields is playing, he he's getting better every week. This isn't necessarily a knock on him. It's just that I don't think that him running that offense, that the Bears will be able to compete in any sort of shootout with the Packers. And if the Packers can score, say, 24 points, I don't think there's any way the Bears cover. Uh, so, you know, if they keep Green Bay under 20, then maybe this game is close, but I don't think they're going to be able to do that. The Packers got a reality check. They know they can't just coast after they beat the Bengals. They're going to go in Chicago. They're going to beat down their division rivals like they usually do, and they are going to cover this four and a half points. Aaron Rodgers has played 25 career games against the Bears. Over under 35 passing touchdowns. I'll say over. Yeah, way over. 55. Here's Aaron Rodgers' career stats against the Bears. 20 and 5 in terms of the record. That, that is demoralizing if you're a Bears fan. 67% completions, 107.2 passer rating, 55 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. He's been sacked 48 times, which is actually kind of a lot, but 7.6 yards per attempt, 240.5 yards per he shreds the Bears. He shreds yes. the Bears. And the Bears defense, I don't think, is that good. Now, they've played a little bit better the last two weeks, and Fields has looked sharp, sharper. But Fields just looks exactly like what you would think Justin Fields would look like if he were thrown onto a team with a bad offensive line and weapons he didn't really have a rapport with because the coach and GM were adamant that he had to sit behind Andy Dalton for the entirety of the year, only to do exactly what they did in 2017 and put him in, in week five, which is exactly what they did with Mitchell Trubisky. So I, I'm not taking the bears here. No chance. Maybe the under at 46. If I were betting something now, I don't know how high the Packers line can go, but I would be taking the Packers here. So if you, I would probably take the Packers up to seven. No, I'm just saying that, like, I don't know that this line is going to fly up to like six or anything. I don't, I don't, yeah. I think it'll probably feels like a pretty good line, four and a half. That implies 10 and a half in, in Lambeau Field. But if you really like the Packers as I do, you should bet the Packers now rather than wait because it could move. Oh, Debo included the Bengals. How rude. Wait, the Bengals just got their hearts ripped out in their road favorites? Bengals minus three and a half at the Detroit Lions. Oh, man. Heartbreak. Hotel matchup here, Breach. Dan Campbell's crying in the postgame. The guy's been, oh my God. I can't, I I might take the Lions here on principle because they need a W. We need to get these guys a W. But um, I'm a little worried because Joe Burrow, and that, that offense looks really good. Jamar Chase has been outstanding. Joe Burrow does have a throat contusion. One of two players to get a throat contusion on, on Sunday, which is a little odd. Bengals minus three and a half at the Lions over under 48 and a half. 
Yeah, I don't even feel comfortable picking this game. By the way, I'm four and one against the spread picking Bengals games this year. So like, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with them. But this game is a little odd because. Well, you know, you, been, but you were high on the Bengals, so you've been taking the Bengals, and now the Bengals are road favorites, which is not a. You don't want to see them as road favorites. Well, the weirder part is that you have both teams coming off highly emotional losses, which is pretty rare. And I don't know how either team's going to respond because they're both young teams. Uh, you know, the Bengals losing overtime, a heartbreaker to the Packers. The Lions had the only bigger heartbreaker than the Bengals because they came back from 10 points down the final two minutes and then lost on a field goal to the Vikings. For two, got it, and then lost on the field goal. And then, and then lost to a Vikings team that never makes important field goals and somehow finally makes an important field goal against Detroit. And like you said, Dan Campbell was pry- crying in the press conference, I'm a little worried about Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, we don't know for 100% sure that he's going to play. So that makes you a little weary about any bet you make on a Sunday night or on Monday. Uh, he's taking that hospital. He was went to the hospital with that throat contusion. Uh, and if he's out, then you got to love the Lions. I, don't, I, I do think he'll play. But even if he's banged up, you still kind of like Detroit. Uh, and you know what I've said all year, Brent? And I said it last week before the Bengals played the Packers. I'm going to say the same thing this week. Four of the Bengals' five games this year have been decided by exactly three points. All they do is play in close games. The Lions have played three of their five games have been decided by one score. So I, I just think this is going to be a close game, and I think the Lions cover the three and a half. Yeah, I would. If you're if you're if you're trying to take something right now, you take the Lions because there's a chance that Joe Burrow doesn't play. I, I think it's really unlikely. I think he's he'll he'll play. I mean, the he he suffered the throat contusion what in the second quarter. Yeah, yeah, it's highly unlikely he does not play. Like I said, there's 95% chance he plays, but that 5%, you know, you already have money on the lines, and all of a sudden Burrow's not playing, you feel good. Well, you wouldn't want to bet on the the Bengals and then Burrow, and then the 5% kicks in, and then all of a sudden you're stuck with uh, Bengals minus three and a half, and uh, who's who's the who would be playing if if Andy Dalton, if Andy Brandon Allen. Right it out. Yeah, you don't you don't want that. So if you're gonna bet on this game now, I think you bet on the Lions. I also think you could I mean, this feels like this game could go way over because these teams are willing to get into these situations where they're slinging it around. Um, but Joe if Joe Mixon's healthy, the Bengals kind of slow things down. The the Lions are more than willing to be aggressive on fourth down near the goal line. So I would probably go under here right now and i think it's a pretty good bet 48 and a half is a high number you know the lot the um we had the a 40 49 or maybe even 50 for minnesota and detroit on in week four and that game ended up 1917 i think this is a good under look now because i bet that that number drops down and you know if you take the under and joe burrow is ruled out for any reason it would plummet by probably close to three or four points cardinals at the Browns, Cardinals remain undefeated. The Browns were in a crazy game with the Chargers. The Browns are favored at home. Minus two and a half over under 54. The Cardinals are a fascinating team. Obviously, the only undefeated team in football. They're 5-0 and for the first time since 1974, which may or may not be the year Wilson was born. I don't even know. Uh, 1874 was Wilson. The one thing I will say, you know, despite their hot start, the one thing that the Arizona Cardinals have had problems with is stopping the run. They had it some trouble against the 49ers. Day. They gave up more than 150 yards on the ground. They had one of the five worst rushing defenses in football going into week five and then obviously struggled once again to slow down a team's ground game. And you know what? That's a huge problem when you're facing the Cleveland Browns because they have Nick Chubb. They have Kareem Hunt. I won't be surprised if Kevin Stefanski just rips up 
the, the passing portion of his playbook and says, guys, we're just going to run it until they prove they can stop us. I think that's what they're going to do. I think we're, we're going to see a ton of Chubb. We're going to see a ton of Hunt. And I think the Browns hand the Cardinals the first loss and cover here. Yeah, I like the Browns here too. Uh, again, not a game I think the line will go flying on, um, but it is worth noting that as well as the 49ers were able to move the ball against Arizona on the ground, obviously a totally different scenario because it's Trey Lance. They're using QB runs. Um, they didn't bring Trey Sermon until late. It was mostly Elijah Mitchell. And uh, let's see, what do they finish with in terms of rushing? I think 152. 150. That is a very specific number to think, and that is the exact number that they finished with. Uh, that, <laughs> that is 5.4 yards per carry. More importantly, though, Breach, I, I don't know how much of that game you watched, but the 49ers finished with seven penalties for uh, for 60 yards in penalties, and most of them were holds by the offensive line. They weren't really – like, didn't know how to deal with Trey, uh, Trey Lance back there. I think it was just a different – you know, like he's – He's sort of extending plays and doing all of that. And and so, I, I, in my opinion, they could have run for a lot more against Arizona had they sort of been more cohesive and not been doing this Lance thing on the fly. So, I agree with you. I think Brown's smash factor here, Ooh. minus two and a half. Um, I don't think it's going to get to like four or anything. Nobody's going to make the Cardinals massive dogs. The Cardinals look like a really good football team. But there's a very good chance that this line gets two, three, or three and a half, potentially. Uh, depending on injury, news, ex- or steam, et cetera. The Cowboys headed to New England. Oh, boy. It's like that, that meme of that guy in, in um, uh, GTA when he's going down the alley. He's like, oh, bleep, here we go again. Cowboys minus three and a half at the Patriots. The over-under is 48. Dallas looks awesome. The Cowboys look like one of the best teams in football. I, may, I mean, we're five weeks in, so I don't feel like I'm being a sucker here. Dak Prescott is, is, is in complete control of that Dallas offense. And the Patriots were on the verge of losing to the Texans until David Culley decided to try a 56-yard field goal with a touchdown lead instead of making Mac Jones go 90 yards to beat him and inevitably lost. So are you going to lay the lumber on the road and fade Bill Belichick at home? Brinson, do you know who you are talking to? <laughs> this is the Breachbot 3000. Jerry Jones paid for me. Look, you know I've been on the Cowboys bandwagon since week three when I said they were one of the top three teams in the NFC. Nothing has changed my mind. The only thing that concerns me, the only thing, is that I can't figure out the Patriots. One week, you know, when they're facing the Buccaneers, I thought the Buccaneers we're going to win that game easy. Bill Belichick devises this brilliant defensive game plan. They lose by two. They cover the spread. Then they go to Houston. I think they're going to smash Davis Mills because he's a rookie quarterback. Belichick always beats rookie quarterbacks, and they always play horribly against him. Well, Houston almost wins the game until that dumb call that you mentioned made by Colley and kicking the field goal and, and their special teams disasters. But Houston probably should have won that game. And so now here... Uh, it's just it, I part of me says, you know what, Bill Belichick, if there is one guy who can come up with a defensive defensive game plan to slow down the Cowboys, it is Belichick. Um, but you know what? I am not going to overthink this. I am not going to sell out on myself with my breach bot 3000. I am taking the Cowboys. I just think they have too many weapons and I don't think New England's going to be able to slow them down. Again, you know, we're just talking about line movement and whether you want to jump in on this right now. I actually think there's good value on taking the under here. I know the number – the Patriots ended up in a weird shootout with the Texans because the Texans were able to move the ball at will on the Patriots' defense, which is extremely concerning if the Cowboys are coming to town. Uh, let's 
see what the weather looks like because that would be ooh la la la. Last time the Cowboys, last time the Cowboys played New England, they only scored nine points. Well, it looks and they were a high scoring team that season. I mean, obviously we're seven days out, so don't put too much stock into it. But it does look like it's going to rain on Sunday in Foxborough with reasonable wind. So I think the under is a good play here. If you watch the Cowboys, they're more than willing to take shots down the field and hit big bomb plays. But what they're doing better than anything, the reason this offense is clicking, the reason this team is rolling is because their their running game is working. Zeke Elliott looks awesome. Tony Pollard's running really well. And the Patriots are more than willing to get into a battle of who can run the ball the most in this game on a Sunday afternoon in the rain in Foxborough. And 48 is a big number. So I think if you're going to take this game right now, you take the under. That would be my pick, and I would bet that it moves down to like 46, 45, based on uh, weather and the fact that those teams like to run. I cannot imagine you – know, if you like the Patriots, get it now because you're getting three and a hook. But I can't imagine it goes like flying the other direction. The Seahawks are at the Steelers. That means it's Geno Smith against – a quarterback is somehow worse than Geno Smith and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, that seems unfair. Big Ben was actually good on Sunday against the Broncos. The Steelers are minus four here, over under 48. Um, I just want to make sure that we can get – I guess we know Russell Wilson's out, so they know the line, right? It's not like a secret on – and this is Sunday Night Football too, right? This is Sunday Night Football. We do know for a fact the odds makers know Russell Wilson's out. We know Russell Wilson's out. He is definitely not going to be playing this game. Now, let me say one thing about Geno Smith. How do we not smash the Steelers here? Well, that that is what I'm about to say. We, look, Geno Smith looked good yeah. against the Rams, but that's a situation where the Rams watched zero film on Geno Smith. There is no Geno way Smith that didn't know he was going to play. He just gets out there and like you're like you don't do anything. You just let cut loose and start like slinging it. And Russell Wilson doesn't miss games. He doesn't miss snaps. So you don't even worry about studying the Seahawks backup quarterback because that guy never goes in the game. And so if I'm Geno Smith and I'm about to make my first NFL start since 2017, the last team I want to play is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because when, you know, we were talking about once their defense is healthy. Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah, it's one of the best defenses in the NFL. We saw each of the past two weeks, they, they just keep getting better. You know, once TJ Watt got back out there, uh, they they beat up the Broncos, and I I do not see how Geno Smith can have any success against this defense. I could be wrong. Maybe he throws five touchdown passes and they win thirty five to twenty because the Steelers aren't going to be putting up a ton of points. Uh, but I love Pittsburgh here to to win this and cover. So Pittsburgh was seventh against the run coming into Week Five. The Melvin Gordon ran nine times for thirty four yards. That's not that good. And Javante uh, Williams ran eight times for 61 yards, which is really good, except he had a 49-yard run. So, you know, if you you know, if you want to take that out and sort of go mean, medium, or whatever it is that the math the math people say, uh, it's really more like seven carries for 12 yards, which is not good. So it, what I'm saying is that the Seahawks won't be able to run against Pittsburgh, and that means that Geno Smith has to win the game. Why is this line not seven? What am I missing here? This line should be seven. I'm guessing it's completely based on the fact that the Steelers offense is not looked good and they don't, and no one thinks. But the Seahawks defense is dog do, as Ryan Wilson likes to say. Their offensive line is not that impressive. Uh, Chris Carson is banged up. They're featuring Alex Collins, who missed, multi, I think, multiple years of football. Um, Tyler Lockett's banged up. DK Metcalf and Geno Smith have no rapport whatsoever. This, 
just hammer the Steelers here, right? That's what it feels like. There's no way this line closes four. No way. This is that that is that line should be seven. Geno Smith is starting for the first time in four years. Yeah, this is crazy. Why is this line not seven? What am I missing? Am I missing something, or is it going to close seven? Uh, maybe Debo. It's a typo. Did Debo mess up? No, no just, it's not a typo. I know. I'm just kidding. It's four, four points. Four. It's four points. Okay, uh, uh, that's the smash factor here. Then go bet the Steelers, Patriots, Cowboys under. Anything else you'd like to bet now, Breach, before it moves? He's uh, on record, so we can tell people when it, get this one right now. That's it. Steelers, Seahawks, Steelers, and then Patriots, Cowboys under would be my early bets that you want to oh, actually you know what um i might even suggest cardinals browns under 54 is a lot yeah and one thing we didn't mention in that game is the kyler murray shoulder stuff and you know last year he, he kind of got his shoulder beat yeah, up I didn't and, see that. Okay. oh he said he was fine but that's kind of what happened last year where his shoulder got banged up he said he Their was fine the whole year a cliff you could tell he it was frustrating him you could tell uh, that he got kind of worse as the year went on. So if it's if that kind of thing happens, maybe he is fine. He absolutely could be fine. But because he went through the same thing last year, you got to at least uh, think about it. All right, that's it. The early week six odds. Look ahead. Myself and John Breach breaking it all down. Breach, see you in a little bit. Make sure to check out the recap pod from week five in the feed. Talk to you guys later. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com.